Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of Kenya's financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color Podcast to collate and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This is episode number 34 and this week we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 50th week of 2022. Monday was a holiday, therefore our review starts on Tuesday the 13th to Friday, the 16th of December. And without further ado, this is your host, Jem Uhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We start off in the United States, where consumer prices rose less than expected in the month of November and signaled that runaway inflation is beginning to slow down. The U.S. labor market reported on Tuesday that the Consumer Price Index, which measures a wide basket of goods and services, rose just 0.1% from the previous month and increased 7.1% from a year ago. The annualized rate of inflation at 7.1% remains well above the Fed's target level of 2%, but was tied for the lowest level since November 2021. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, the core consumer price index rose 0.2% on the month and 6% on an annual basis. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve raised its benchmark interest rate to the highest level in 15 years, indicating that the fight against inflation is not over, despite some promising signals from the economy. Keeping with expectations, the rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee, that is FOMC, voted to boost the overnight borrowing rate by 50 basis points, taking the Fed funds rate to a range of between 4.25% and 4.5%. This latest hike of 50 basis points indicates a slowdown in the Fed's pace, coming after a series of four consecutive 75 basis point rate hikes in what has been the most aggressive policy since the early 1980s. Along with the increase, Fed officials have indicated that they expect to keep raising rates throughout 2023 with no reduction until 2024. The expected terminal rate, that is the rate where officials expect the policy rates to peak 
was raised from 4.6% to 5.1%. On Thursday, the European Central Bank at its policy meeting opted for a smaller rate hike of 50 basis points, taking its benchmark rate from 1.5% to 2%. The widely expected 50 basis point rate hike was the central bank's fourth increase this year. The European Central Bank also announced that from the beginning of March 2023, it would begin to reduce its balance sheet by 15 billion euros per month until the end of the second quarter of 2023. The central bank said that inflation forecast had been significantly revised upwards and sees inflation remaining above its 2% target level until at least 2025. The Bank of England also hiked rates by 50 basis points and will continue to respond forcefully if needed. On Thursday, the Bank of England hiked its benchmark interest rate by 50 basis points and signaled that more tightening will be needed to bring inflation under control. The Monetary Policy Committee voted 6-3 to in favor of the 50 basis point rate hike, which takes the bank rate to 3.5%. This rate hike marks a slowdown from November's 75 basis point increase. The Monetary Policy Committee noted the considerable uncertainties around the outlook but said it will respond forcefully if inflationary pressures begin to look more persistent. Meanwhile, inflation in the United Kingdom came in slightly below expectations at 10.7% in the month of November, and this was on the back of cooling fuel prices. However, higher food and energy prices continued to put a squeeze on UK households and businesses. On a monthly basis, the November increase was 0.4%, down from 2% in October. The previous month of October had seen inflation hit a 41-year high of 11.1%. In the U.S. stock market, all the major indices recorded their second consecutive week of losses as stocks continued their year-end sell-off, driven by fears that the Fed's continued rate hikes could tip the U.S. economy into a recession. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down as much as 547 points before paring back some of those losses to close the day at 32,920. Meanwhile, the S&P fell 1.1% to 3,852, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite declined 0.9% to 10,705. For the week, the S&P 500 fell 2.08%, while the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq slid by 1.7% and 2.7% respectively. In the U.S. bond market, as investors contemplated the outlook for the U.S. economy, the yields on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note rose by about 4 basis points to 3.49%. Meanwhile, the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note 
fell about 5 basis points to 4.193% as investors remained concerned that the Fed's aggressive rate hikes throughout 2022 could drag down the U.S. economy into a recession, which has already been signaled by the inverted yield curve. In the commodity market, the price of crude oil fell by more than $2 per barrel on Friday, driven by fears of a looming global recession after all the major central banks signaled they would continue to hike rates in the fight against inflation. Brent crude fell by 2.7% to $79.04 a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate slipped 2.4% to $74.29 a barrel. According to market players, the talk in the market is all about reduced demand in the face of a global recession, where crude oil prices are expected to drift towards $70 per barrel. In the gold market, the price of gold recorded its biggest weekly decline since mid-November, and this was after the U.S. Federal Reserve indicated more interest rate hikes were needed to curb inflation. On Friday, the price of gold rose 0.9% to close the week at $1,792 per ounce. Gold is considered a hedge against inflation, but rate hikes raise the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding bullion. However, gold could benefit from its safe haven status as global stock markets are selling off in the wake of aggressive rate hikes by all the major central banks. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets, and as is the norm, we start off by looking at exchange rates. According to the Central Bank of Kenya, the Kenyan shilling remained stable against both major international and regional currencies and was trading at 122.94 versus the U.S. dollar and 152.04 against the sterling pound and to the euro at 130.83. On the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 30.06 Ugandan shillings and 18.98 Tanzanian shillings and to the Rwandese franc at 8.64. On foreign exchange reserves, according to the central bank, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at 7.075 billion US dollars, which is equivalent to 3.96 months of import cover. However, this falls below the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have declined from a peak of $8.81 billion at the beginning of this year to the current level, which is a decline of $1.735 billion in a period of about 11 months. This situation is expected to deteriorate as debt repayments increase and Kenya is currently unable to access the international markets due to high interest rates which is the subject of our topical issue this week. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was tight during the week as tax remittances exceeded and more than offset government payments. Commercial banks excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 13 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate for the week 
at 5.13% compared to 5.14% recorded the previous week. During the week, the average value traded increased to 30 billion shillings from 19.1 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 15th of December, and the central bank received bids totaling 29.2 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of about 122%. However, the central bank ended up accepting only 17.4 billion shillings. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day rate increasing by 2.9 basis points to 9.35%, while the 182-day rate rose by 2.5 basis points to 9.82%, and the 364-day rate skipped 5.4 basis points to 10.29%. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya has announced a top sale for the six-year infrastructure bond, reference number IFB1-2022-006, and is looking to raise an additional 20 billion shillings. This bond will be priced at 13.215%, which was the weighted average rate of the initial auction that was held on the 5th of December and will be adjusted for accrued interest. The top sale is offered on a first-come, first-served basis and is now open for sale until the 22nd of December, or upon attainment of quantum, whichever comes first. The Central Bank of Kenya has also published the prospectus for the January 2023 monthly bond issue, and the Central Bank is looking to raise 50 billion shillings through the sale of two reopened fixed-coupon treasury bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1 stroke 2020 stroke 005 with 2.4 years left to maturity and the coupon at 11.667%. The second bond is FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 015 with 14.3 years left to maturity and the coupon at 13.942%. These bonds are now open for sale until the 10th of January 2023. In the equity markets, during the week under review, the market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI, the NSC20, and the NSC25 gaining by 1.6%, 0.4%, and 1.2% respectively. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 23% for the NASI, 13.7% for the NSC20, and 16.8% for the NSC25. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as BAT, NCBA Group, Safaricom, and ABSA Bank, which increased by 4.5%, 2.8%, 2.7%, and 1.3% respectively. 
However, these gains were mitigated by losses recorded by other large cap stocks, such as Standard Chartered Bank and Bamburi, which declined by 4.8% and 1% respectively. Meanwhile, market capitalization increased by 1.4%, whilst equity turnover declined by 36.4%. In the bond market, bond turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 4.3% during the week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds rose by an average of 8.6 basis points, with the yield on the 10-year eurobond, which matures in 2024, recording the largest increase of 30 basis points from 12.3% to 12.6%. This increase was partly attributed to market sentiment as maturity approaches. Next up is a topical issue for this week, and this week we are looking at the downgrade of Kenya's credit rating. The global rating agency Fitch has downgraded Kenya's credit rating from B plus to B plain due to increased risks of default which has been occasioned by tighter liquidity resulting from increased debt repayments. The rating agency noted that Kenya's persistently high budget deficits and huge public debt have also contributed to the downgrade, where the country is now considered to be highly speculative with material risk of default. This downgrade is mainly due to elevated debt repayments in the upcoming financial year and includes the maturity of the $2 billion eurobond in June 2024 against a backdrop of higher U.S. dollar interest rates in the international markets. The National Treasury was forced to postpone the issuance of a $1 billion eurobond after it received bids priced as high as 12%. A number of factors in the global economy have combined to tighten liquidity in the international capital markets, making it difficult for emerging market countries like Kenya to access dollar financing. A weaker Kenya shilling has also contributed to the country's loan repayment obligations, as evidenced by the controller of budget who recently approved the payment of an additional 5.4 billion shillings to service our external debts for the past fiscal year due to the depreciation of the Kenya shilling. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. But before I sign off, please allow me to congratulate all the Argentina and Messi fans out there 
congratulations on winning the 2022 World Cup, which in my view was the best World Cup finals I have ever watched. I guess the discussion on who the greatest of all time is has now finally been settled. And that is on a light note. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a lovely and productive week ahead. Take care and drive safely during this Christmas period. And once again, thank you and God bless.